and I invite you to open your Westover app. And I'm going to begin a series this weekend, and I'm going to be speaking on this subject all month long. The power of yes. The power of yes. Many of us are looking at a new year or our, our prospects for the future, and you're saying to yourself, I, I, hope, I, I hope I have it lucky this new year. What is luck? Oh, it's the, it's the well-wishing of hoping that you achieve without any difficulties, the hopes for success, hope for things to be easy, hope for things to move forward. You ever feel like the ad that was put in the paper that said, lost, male dog, blind in one eye, mangled ear, paralyzed hind leg, answers to the name lucky. Oh. You ever feel like that? I want you to know your life is not a lottery system with God. There's not a few people that God answers their prayer and they have success and the rest have a streak of bad luck. We say, well, good luck. Somebody will tell you that probably in the next week or two. Good luck. And then when luck doesn't come your way, they'll say, better luck next time. And when the next time you didn't have luck, they're going to say, well, you need to be a good loser. Do you know our English word luck, when it came into the English language, it, it actually has the idea of, of quick fortune to come to you. That's really what it meant. Quickly will fortune come, goodwill come to you. In fact, initially the phrase was, and perhaps you've heard it from time to time in the past, Godspeed. It was the idea that, that may you quickly Godspeed. May you quickly find fortune and success in your life. But instead of God's speed, many of us hit speed bumps. Life has not, life has not been what we hoped and what we prayed. You ever feel like you've been slapped down by no? No, it can't happen. No, you didn't get the scholarship. No, it didn't work out. No, you didn't get the job. No, the loan didn't come through. No, you didn't have a chance. No, you couldn't refinance. No, you couldn't get the promotion. No, no, no. Have you ever felt like you just the, the stinging pain of, of no just slapped you down, discouraged you? I want to invite you to experience the power of yes. I didn't come this weekend with a message title to give you. I'm here to speak a prophetic word from the Lord into your spirit, your family, and your life. The power of yes. What can God do in your life? In every one of your messes, God has a yes. God has a yes to turn that around. With that in mind, I want you to go with me in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke chapter number 1. The verses we're going to read sound like they should be in a Christmas series because it's going to talk about the birth of Jesus and Mary when the Holy Spirit came to her and she was a virgin and said, you're going to conceive and the child will be called the Son of God. It sounds like it's a Christmas message, but I want to say it's apropos for every believer's life. Let's look verse number 34, Luke chapter 1. How will this be, Mary answered, asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, she's saying, I figured this thing out. 
She's saying, I know how, to, I know how this thing is done. I'm a virgin. Can you, can you sense the skepticism in her, in her response? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. The most unlikely, the thing that everybody else said no, she's in her sixth month already. And then the angel tacks this on. I love verse number 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Get that in your spirit. No word from God will ever, ever fail. Wall Street will fail you. The promises of the politician will fail you. Would you get an amen there? Yeah. A business can fail. Sometimes marriage vows are broken. Promises are reneged. But when it comes to God, not one promise of God, not one word from God will ever fail you. I want to put that in your spirit. Not one word from God will ever fail you. You can stand firm on God's word. Then verse 38, that's where I'm drawing our focus today. Here's what Mary will say. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled in me. Then the angel left her. May your word be fulfilled in me. The, the message version translates verse number 38 this way. And Mary said Yes. And Mary said, yes, may your word be fulfilled in me. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered the actual moment in which Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary? It's verse 38. It's actually, I can tell you in the Bible, this is the verse that Jesus was actually conceived of the Holy Spirit at the exact time. Every verse before this says, this will happen to you. Future tense. This will happen. Verse 38, Mary says yes to the Lord. Every verse after that, it's recorded this. You are with child. This, the child in you. The child that you're carrying. You have been selected by the Lord. You are now God's servant. You are now God's vehicle. After verse 38, she's with child. Before verse 38, she's not expecting yet. I can literally tell you verse 38 is the exact place in history and in the Bible in which the Holy Spirit reached into the womb of Mary and she was conceived. She conceived the Christ child at that very moment when Mary said yes to God. The power of yes. If there had been an application, Mary would have had to say no. Are you experienced? Mary would have said no. Are you married? No. Do you have royal status? No. Are you educated? No. Do you, can you provide recommendations? No. Are you fully qualified for this assignment? No. But here's what I want to share with you. One yes from God overrode every no in life. 
The power of yes, one yes from God can change anything. God's best miracles, God's biggest miracles are on the other side of yes. Mary discovered that. The moment she said yes to the Lord, the miracle of conception took place, and nine months later she gave birth to the child. The best miracles in your life are on the other side of yes. When you say yes to the Lord, when you say yes, I'll do it God's way, God's best shows up after you say yes. It's after people say, yes, I will tithe, God's provision comes in. It's after the couple that says, yes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that God puts a hedge of protection around their family and around their kids. It's after the young adult says, yes, I will do life God's way. I will not cohabitate. I will, I will bring this relationship under the covering of the Lord. And when they make that commitment, God can favor and prosper the relationship. God's biggest miracles are on the other side of yes. A yes to God, when you and I say yes to God. A yes to God overturns what you know and what you know. A yes to God will overturn what you know and will overturn your no. Stay with me. Many times we say, no God, it won't work. No, I can't, I, I can't get my master's degree. No, I can't start my own business. No, I, I can't do that. No, I, I can't live that kind of life. No, I, my business won't succeed if I follow godly principles. No, I can't because we're basing it upon what we know. But a yes from God will override our K-N-O-W and overturns our N-O, no. When we say yes to God, it overturns, it overrides what you know and what you know. God works in our life when we're willing to say yes to him. Mary pushed back. She said, I know how this thing works, Holy Spirit. Angel, I, I know how this thing works. In order to have a child, you got to be married. And did you ever notice this phrase in there, I am a virgin? She didn't just say, I didn't have a boyfriend. She said, I know how this thing works. You've you, you, you got to have, have something going on with somebody, and I am a virgin. She's pushing back. And then the angel said, even your relative, who it was said of her cannot, it's happening to her. Don't go by what you know. And don't say no to what God is putting before you. And that's a word from the Lord to somebody in here now. You've gone by what you know and you said no to God. You've gone by what you know and you said no to God. And the Holy Spirit is here to inspire your heart to say yes to him. In a little bit, the worship team is going to come back on the platform, and I'm going to ask everyone in here to start this year out and give God the biggest yes you've ever given him. In our worship, to just stand at that moment and say, Lord, I'm going to believe you again. Some of us have a yes inside of us. Some of us, some of us are, are pregnant with God's promise. 
but we haven't delivered it yet. We haven't delivered it yet. Why? Because we're going by what we know, and we've said no. The lab results are not giving and agreeing with the promise God put in your heart, but you're pregnant with the promise of healing. You're pregnant with the promise of blessing. You're pregnant with the promise of provision. There is an idea of a business. There's an entrepreneurial dream inside of you. You keep shelving. You know that you should go for that next degree, but you're saying, I can't pay it off and I don't have a scholarship. But inside of you, God's dream is still there. Don't go by what you know and don't say no to what God is speaking to your heart. You can't always go by what you know or you'll turn it down. For example, if I said to you, I want to serve you a dish. Well, what is this dish? I want to know what this dish is. And I tell you, well, it's milk, it's skim milk, it's going to have some sugar, some corn syrup, some vanilla flavoring, cellulose gum, vegetable gum, some salt, and some coloring. You say, ah, I'm not sure I want that. You just turned down Bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. You know the ingredients, but you know experience overrides information. Some of us know information. We're calculating it out. We're putting a spreadsheet on how we're going to obey God, and God is saying just taste and see that the Lord is good. Just taste, just, just obey God. Just step forward. Say, God, I'm going to do it. Give God the biggest yes and see what God can birth in your life and see what God can do in your heart. If you'll allow me for a moment, I'd like to personalize this with a story. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my mother. My mother's in heaven right now. My mother passed away a couple years ago, but I'm on this platform today. Because of my mother, she was an influence in my life. My mother told me this story probably four or five times in my life. I never remember my mom telling this story, that through the course of the story, she would just begin to cry, and tears would come down her cheek. And even as I tell the story now, I can see mom as her bottom chin and lip were quivering and she was choking back tears to tell this story but my mother tells the story she said son I was four years old and my daddy walked in and said sweetheart I won't see you for a while but I'll be back and my mom says she never saw her dad again for 20 years he walked out on them and left two children, my mother the oldest and my Uncle Bob the youngest, with my grandmother to raise by herself. My grandmother was poor. I remember even as, as a little kid, that this is years later, as a little kid we would go to Grandma's house. And Grandma's house literally was the other side of the tracks. I mean literally, we, her house was next to the railroad tracks. The trains would come up and down and we'd take rocks and throw at the train as it went by. We thought it was cool that you could have a house right next to a train track. That was a cool place to play as we were kids. She was so poor. I can remember she did not have running water in the house. She had a well and she put a couple boards over it and she'd say, kids, don't get near that. We don't want you to fall in. 
But the time would come to get water, and she had a little bucket, and she tied together these, I still see it in my mind, these these old extension cords and pieces of wire, and she would take and lower down and pull out water. She would bring it in the house and put it on the stove and warm it up, and that was the hot water. And as little kids, we took a, a, a bath in a, in a wash tub that was sitting in the kitchen floor. There was no inside toilet and restroom. There was an outhouse out behind her house. My grandmother was so poor. That's, that's after my mother grew up. I can't imagine what it was like when she had two little kids and she was trying to provide all that on her own. And my mother tells a story that her mother couldn't, couldn't feed both of the kids. And she had to determine which kid to give away. And my uncle, the youngest, had polio. And she said, no one's going to want to take a little boy that's crippled and has polio. So she, she gave my mother away. My mother grew up knowing who her mother was, and my, 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 my real grandmother was, was heartbroken over the fact that she had to give her away, but she could not feed her. And my grandma, my mother tells a story. She calls it her adopted grandparents took her in. It was an elderly couple that lived a few miles away. Oh, there were no documents that signed. There were not official uh, adoption papers. They just took her in. And at age four, they took my mother in and raised her. But this elderly couple attended a Pentecostal church. And because they went to church, they took my mom to church. They said, yes, we'll take that little girl. And they raised my mom in church. My mom would marry my dad. And they would have three boys. They would move to New Mexico. My dad lost his job in Oklahoma and went to New Mexico to work in the mines. And my mother went with her and three boys, and I'm the middle of three boys, and she raised us boys in church. I can remember as a little kid attending that little Baptist church. We went to Sunday school. We went to church. We went to vacation Bible school. The one thing about vacation Bible school I can remember, we called it VBS, is they gave the smallest cookies that you can imagine. I mean, today kids get cookies like pancakes. You know what I'm talking about? Nah, did you ever get cookies like that when you were a kid? No way. No way. We got the smallest little cookies that there were. But mom took us to that little precious Baptist church. At age 11, my mother heard about a revival at a Pentecostal church. You see, she was raised in a spirit-filled church. She went back, went over to that revival, and shortly thereafter, Mom told us, this is the church we're going to go to. I would go to church with her at that little Pentecostal church, and at age 14, she asked me, do you want to go to a youth camp? I'd never been. I said yes, and I went to youth camp. It was at that youth camp I came to the Lord. At that youth camp, God saved me. God changed my heart. God changed my heart. Jesus, Jesus became my Savior. Shortly thereafter, I walked in the living room. Mom was laying on the couch. I can still see her laying on that green couch. And I said, Mom, I feel like God's called me into the ministry. 
And I'm going to spend the rest of my life preaching the gospel. I didn't know what to do. I just said yes to the Lord, yes to the call. I went and spoke to my pastor. My pastor told me, you need to go to Bible school then. Well, where do I go? He said, why don't you go to a Bible school in San Antonio where I went? I said, yes, I will. If it's good enough for my pastor, it's good enough for me. Denise and I married. She was a part of that church. That's where I met her. After high school, a couple years working, we moved to San Antonio. I graduated from Bible school. After we graduated from Bible school, Denise and I began to wrestle in our heart. We just felt like, felt like God was putting something on our heart. It was, it was the biggest challenge we'd ever taken on the planet church. To go out with no experience. I'd never pastored a church before to, to plan a church. But we said yes. We had no financial backing. The denomination didn't have the ability to stand behind us financially. I started the church. Denise worked. She provided the income. She was a mom. Dropped kids off at the daycare. Was the the keyboard place for the church was the, ran the music ministry she was she was super mom i'm telling you and we just believed god wanted us to plant a church in order to start a church we sold our house we took every every dollar we had from the equity of our house and we put into the church to start the church then I had a used car, and I went down to the bank, and I asked them, can I borrow money against my car? They said, we'll give you $2,500 on your car. And I borrowed $2,500 against my car and put that $2,500 in the church, and that's how West Overhill started. We started with nothing. Nothing. But can I tell you? Can I tell you what happened? I stood on this platform today. And told you we're going to start a third service on Sunday in just a few weeks. Because of that, right now, today there are over a thousand children being fed in third world countries by Westover. A thousand children will have meals today because of Westover. Because of that, we have built a school in Kenya. We have built schools in Tanzania. Because of that, some of you have been baptized in water Many of you have been saved. Your heart has found uh, faith again. Your spirit has been restored. God has done something in your heart. I've married some of you. Many of you found a spouse here. God has done something in your life and restored you, touched your life because of Westover. But for a moment, I can trace it back. I said yes to the Lord. We'll start a church, but I, I can't take credit for that. I've got to go back and say it was my mother said, yes, I'll raise these boys in church. But I have to go back even further from that. There was an elderly couple that said, yes, we'll take in that four-year-old little girl and we'll raise her in church. But I believe we can go back further than that. You see, I believe we can chase it all back to a little peasant girl in a village called Nazareth. She was not married, but she was a virgin. And the Holy Spirit said to her, God has selected you. And she didn't go by what she knew. And she said yes to God. 
because she said yes to God, she changed the world. Her yes has built every church. Her yes is responsible for that, that elderly couple taking in my mother and his little girl. That yes was the reason I went to a camp. That yes is the reason we planted a church. I can chase everything back to one girl saying yes. And it changed the world. I'm here to invite you to step into the yes zone. This year, there's a challenge God's putting in front of you. The Holy Spirit is speaking. The Holy Spirit is prompting you something in your spiritual journey. The Holy Spirit is saying something to you in obedience, a step. God is, God is talking to you about something to do, a dream, an ambition, something. There's a spiritual growth moment. There's something God's been speaking to you and talking to you about. And I'm here right now to call in that yes. I'm here to summons that yes in right now, whatever it is.